Uh, right, we're going to talk uh, Latin America next, and especially the uh, fantastic Mexican boxer uh, Canelo. We'll talk about uh, about that with and other uh, issues from Latin America with our good friend John Bonfilio, who'll join us from Campeche in Mexico after the break. Across the UK, overnights with Martin Kellner. There is a place I'd give the world to see Where the music's softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico yeah, that's where we're going to now, to Campeche in Mexico, and uh, time to link up with our good friend uh, John Bonfilio. Uh, John, thanks uh, ever so much for joining us. Good evening, Martin. Now, I was very much hoping to uh, play the music of Rita Lee, uh, who's the grand dame of Brazilian music. But do you know what I did? I, <laughs> I forgot to download it. So, we're going to hear... Re- so, I'm going to do that ridiculous thing where we'll talk about uh, somebody who's a, a musician and not actually play the music so you're going to have to use your descriptive powers to tell us all about Rita Lee the grand dame of uh, Brazilian music who sadly we uh, we lost this week um, f- really really famous I'm not sure she really broke through in the UK, I can't, I mean, people maybe know Rita Lee or know the name, but uh, massively famous across a six-decade uh, yeah. career in Latin America. Tell me about Rita Lee and uh, why she's so famous. Definitely niche, I think, in the UK. I mean, de- would, would have performed, did perform at a number of uh, uh, festivals in, in the UK and was was known to, I guess, your, your music aficionados, but definitely didn't wasn't a crossover success but there was there is no bigger uh, female musician composer personality in the above all the portuguese speaking world and to some extent the hispanic world as well um oh, good man. i guess yeah. if we're thinking about you know her in terms of descriptions she's somewhere between i guess a kind of david bowie kate bush for sure musically incredible as you say Six decade career, more than 40 albums, 55 million records sold. But also she was a trailblazing legendary figure. I think contextually also it's important to, uh, to remember that she came to prominence, founded this, the band called Osmultanchis, the Mutants in 1964, where, when, sorry, 1966, when uh, Brazil was in the middle of the military dictatorship yeah. and music, especially sort of punk rock music, uh, just achieved not just musical importance, but also sort of, you know, social significance and importance in terms of this sort of counter, the counterbalancing that society needed at a particular point in time. And ever since then, she's been one of Brazil's most important, uh, musicians and public figures and died this week. Apparently Prince Charles is a fan. Yeah. Prince well, Charles actually knows some words to her songs. Yeah, well, he, of course, he's King Charles now. And the more Sorry, exciting... King, King Charles, King Charles. Yes. Yeah, Apologies. Sorry. Sorry. Send you to the tower, mate. Um, <laughs> the, the exciting news is that uh, young Jack has found a bit of Rita Lee. And um, so, uh, you know, people who aren't familiar, as I wasn't, uh, with her uh, with her oeuvre, can, uh, can listen and enjoy it. So um, take it away, Jack. We'll hear a little bit of Rita Lee. Amor é pensamento, teorema, 
That's a little bit of uh, Rita Lee. What was she singing about there, John? I was going to say you chose you chose one with some racy lyrics. Uh, there, yes, yeah. well, I could hear it. Sexy this and watershed. Yeah, <laughs> it is lucky, isn't it? What you know, you without uh, you descending into uh, basic Anglo-Saxon, tell me what she was singing about there. Does uh, does uh, using uh, perhaps you know. Uh, sexually charged words in foreign language count in, in watershed uh, terms. She was talking about love and uh, sexual charges and those kinds of things. So there was sort of, I guess, euphemistic references. There was nothing overly flagrant in terms of no. uh, what she was saying. She also came to prominence in the last few months because she died, sadly, of cancer. And she uh, famously referred to, named her tumour Jair after right. the, uh, the recently... Uh, deposed president of Brazil, one of our favorite topics on your show, Martin Jail Bolsonaro, which generated a, a whole heap of column inches. Bolsonaro has not referenced, uh, has not said anything about her, her death to date. He has other things on his mind. Yeah. And uh, so she wasn't a fan, <laughs> clearly. Not so much. No, absolutely not. Um, now, um, another story that's, uh, that's quite an interesting one is, um, uh, well, it's basically what Bolsonaro's up to. You, know, you, you described as a recently deposed. What is he up to these days? Well, he's back. He's back. After his uh, uh, Bolsonaro on tour in Miami, mm. uh, comparing Miami, well, comparing Brazil with uh, hoping that Brazil would become a kind of uh, a Miami kind of uh, uh, space at some point in the future. He is now back in Brazil. And as with his uh, his good friend Donald Trump, he's never far from the news. Just this week alone, the police have raided his home because they suspect that he falsified his vaccination papers to enter the USA towards the end of uh, last year, because obviously he's a famous um, anti-vaxxer. Today, the UN special envoy for the prevention of genocide came out and said that the politics of Jair Bolsonaro incentivized the precariousness uh, and existence of indigenous and Afro-descendant communities in brazil and ongoing the net of criminal culpability related to the january the 8th insurrection continues to close in around him with more and more of his inner circle being uh, uh, accused of complicity in uh, in the affair and it's only a matter of time i think before he also comes in uh, under that under that net so yeah he's definitely got uh, he's definitely uh, let's say inwardly focused on his on his survival at the moment, rather than uh, the death of any Brazilian pop stars that named the tumours after him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, it's fairly warm where, where you are at the moment. Hot, hot, you, hot. Hot, hot, hot. Yeah, the high 30s Celsius. Yeah, well, look, this has been this way now for about six to eight weeks. It's normal. Springtime in the tropics is really darn hot. Um, yeah. But the big change here is that the rains are coming. Rains are forecast for the weekend. And what that means is the beginning of hurricane season. So everybody, if you if you look uh, during the days out onto the street, everybody is on their roofs at the moment, sealing their roofs for the inevitable deluges, which are then going to arrive in the evenings over the course of the next uh, six months. Hurricane season 
is almost upon us. And each year they get more ferocious. Of the oh, 15 most active hurricane seasons on record, 10 have been since the year 2000. Um, so it's definitely a thing. The water is coming. And when it comes, it really, really comes. Oh, dear. Well, we, you know, fingers crossed for you. We wish you all the best. And I do hope that yourself and all your neighbours and friends manage to seal the, seal their roofs OK, because uh, that sounds like an absolute nightmare. I mean, the well, heat was, as well and the rain. There was that time. I, I, I think was it last year or the year before where I did a, a live slot with you and I was up to my knees in standing water mm. in the room that we were connecting through. Look, it, it, it happens. Every interestingly rooms. Uh, his, traditional rooms in these buildings actually all have drains inside the houses because mm. the rain, you know, comes in one way or another. It's how you get it out again. So you've all got these sort of, say, in your living room. Can you imagine in your living room, in your bedroom, a, a drain which goes out from the room out into the garden? That's what things are like here. Wow. And, and presumably there's stone floors uh, rather than uh, you won't have carpets that get they're going to get soggy. Exactly. Stone, stone yeah. floors and no furniture. That touches the ground so couches really don't exist here so basically sort of elevated uh, tables chairs hammocks those kinds of things it's a completely distinct you know i guess cultural uh, home decoration you basically have nothing which touches the floor i get yeah. you know beyond you know a leg or something like that but certainly nothing that is damageable that is in contact with the floor yeah, we've talked about the, uh, you know, the migrant issue, and uh, it seems that uh, this uh, item 42 that's been uh, abolished has given the signal to, uh, I know we, we have mentioned this issue before, and people gathering at the border um, in uh, Tijuana and um, the, the border into Texas as well, um, the people gathering there because they want to get into the US, whether they're from Venezuela or, or wherever in Latin America. America. But because this, uh, I, I'm only saying this because I watched, I saw it on the TV. It was on uh, John Oliver's show, and um, my daughter, working for Sky, has done a bit of uh, stuff on this from the other side of the border in San Diego. Um, that uh, because this item 42 has been uh, repealed, if you like, in America, it means that the pressure of people on the borders trying to get into the U.S. from Latin America um, has uh, has grown a great deal in you know in recent times. It, I mean, to say, yes, look, it has Title 42 expired 24 hours ago this sort of COVID era policy where people could be summarily deported. You cross the border and they say it's COVID period. So we're just going to deport you back to your country or to Mexico. So that expired 24 hours ago. There was an expected deluge, uh, that standard word, which is used, you know, for migration these days, a surge was, was expected. Yeah. That surge hasn't really manifested itself. I, I've found some of the reporting a little bit frustrating because there's definitely been a lot of reporters that have gone to the border suddenly and for sure mm -hmm. they've reported on you know mothers families babies crossing the Rio Grande and, and, and so on but actually that's not specific to title 42 expiring that happens tragically uh, in terms of human conflict and misery and difficulty on a daily basis the numbers have historically for the last few years been very very high they continue to be high there has been a little bit of a spike but definitely nothing like the, the deep fear was that there would be chaos at the border from a few days ago over the course of you know running into the next few weeks that has not manifested itself um so it, it doesn't seem I mean, partly because this time of year as well i think because it's very hot and again the rains are coming so so people resist the, the long treks at the moment 
but the expected you know, Armageddon of human movement uh, and arrival at the border has not manifested itself, uh, certainly in the last 48 hours. Right, yeah, because there was a, the BBC sent one of their top people there. I saw a report on BBC News as well, and uh, there was, I think, there was a picture of uh, a baby being carried across the Rio Grande um, on the front of the Times uh, in the week as well. But I suppose because there's been all this. Um, all this publicity about um, about was it Title 42? Um, yeah, Title 42. Yeah, Title 42. After uh, that ending, which was brought in, you know, during the pandemic, uh, I suppose it's been a bit of a sort of press event, really. Um, yeah, say, totally. Was... I, I mean, I, I, we work, you know, to some extent in the press market, so but we know what they like and you have to provide images to relate to the story that you're telling but yes. so for sure you know the images that have been presented as being uh, relevant to the expiring of title 42 could have been taken last week a month ago six months yeah. ago they are not specific to the chain of events from now yeah and uh, just finally we'll look at some and uh, uh, Canelo, um, not unexpected, his victory uh, last Saturday. Um, and uh, the story is that uh, what next for uh, Canelo? What next? Look, we, I mean, we, we speak about Canelo a lot on your show. I mean, just in, incredible. I mean, he, I guess the, the one thing that was different this time in terms of the, the post-bout um, visuals, optics, if you like, is that he did come out definitely, you know, beaten up. There was scratches and bruises all over him. And it just brings to mind his, his age. He definitely had, you know, Ryder, John Ryder definitely inflicted a series of post uh, fight or fight scrapes on him. But the prolific nature of Canelo, I mean, he's been fighting four times a year for the last 18 years now. And the fact that he is such a, uh, such a risk taker, he doesn't do safety first like a lot of boxers do. And people love him for this sort of, for the, for the braveness that he demonstrates. And I guess in terms of answering the question, who next then, we shouldn't be surprised that he is, his prime target is Dimitri Bivol, uh, at light heavyweight, only the second, uh, boxer to, to defeat him in his, in, in his entire career. And that's where he, he wants to go. He doesn't want to go for a safe bout or a safe series of bouts and paydays. He wants to go for the greatest uh, challenge. And that's what, one of the reasons why he is so loved and pursued, uh, and not just in Mexico, which we know about, but also internationally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because there was a, a certain amount of uh, hope here for John Ryder. Um, I think uh, people that, and uh, I know it's covered on uh, Talk Sport. They, you know, they spoke about it quite a bit, but it fairly comprehensively beaten, wasn't it, by uh, Canelo? Yeah, I think it's one of those things. Early on, you definitely thought in the early rounds he was definitely Canelo was absolutely in the ascendancy. But then as the bout progressed, uh, Ryder seemed to resist and get stronger and stronger. And it's definitely one of those, um, one of those bouts, one of those sporting occasions where actually the loser grows in, in popularity and esteem and, and respect because of how, you know, not just him taking the punishment, but also, you know, rising. He just resisted and resisted and resisted. So if John Ryder comes out of this very difficult, uh, Bout, which which nobody expected him to to get anything out of, with huge kudos. Yep, absolutely. Um, as always, John, thank you uh, ever so much. I don't know whether we can hear just a little bit more of Rita Lee to take us uh, out of this one of her uh, sexy songs. We still got a sexy Rita Lee song there for us. Well, the same one will do because I was enjoying that. We'll have a little bit more of it. Uh, John, thanks ever so much. We'll talk next week. No problem. 
Good man, here we go then. Uh, the grand dame of Brazilian music, who sadly we lost this week, uh, Rita Lee. Amor é pensamento, teorema. Amor é novela, sexo é cinema. Sexo é imaginação, fantasia. Amor é prosa Sexo é poesia O amor nos torna Patáticos Sexo é uma selva De epiléticos Amor é cristão 